0: to the keep sounding podcast this is brian joined by john as always in our fire sale edition of the keep sounding podcast how you doing john
1: i'm doing fine i think it's better to hear how you're doing
0: i hate everything um because because christian mccaffrey was traded to the san francisco 49ers late last night well i should say late thursday night because you'll probably be listening to this on saturday potentially later on friday i'm not sure um it'll
1: it'll be like the middle of the night on friday probably
0: yeah so the panthers despite everything going on with their franchise decided to let go of christian mccaffrey which made sense it does make sense because he's his career is just going to be wasted for the next few years they got a second, third, and fourth round pick in 2023 from the 49ers, and a fifth round pick in 2024. And Christian McCaffrey is now a 49er and probably on his way to the Super Bowl. And I had to wake up to that because it was announced at like 11:30 at night on Thursday night. So that was a good way to wake up.
1: To that, I, I say just go to bed later, and then you'll see. You'd have seen the news before bed, and then you could have spent uh uh more time than you should have like reading twitter and reading the comment section of just like I want to see what everybody's saying about this
0: people seem upset i am I'm sad not
1: upset. i am sad i'm not upset yeah it's the same thing as like when uh like Luke Keekley retired like and obviously yeah. that wasn't a team decision but it's just like it sucks it always sucks when like good players are gone but i don't fault the decision. Right. No, so like, I, i'm i'm ahead. sad from like a like a fan perspective of like i i love watching Christian McCaffrey play for my favorite team, but like i'm not mad about it in the sense of like why did we do this? Because we'll get into it but like he's a running back, he's 26, he's been severe he's had not severe injuries, but he's missed most of the last two seasons with injuries and the team is not going to be competitive this year. They probably won't be competitive next year. And by that time he's 28 and like getting close to needing another new contract. So, and he's a running back. If you're going to sell on your running back, he is as the value is as high as it ever will be. Correct.
0: And a rebuilding football team is not the place where you pay a running back, that kind of money. I mean, we saw with Steven Jackson in St. Louis back in the day, Mm -hmm. Um, we saw it with LaDainey and Tomlinson, even though they were kind of competitive for, they were very competitive for a while, but, you know, we're probably going to see it with Saquon Barkley. Um. Yeah. Overall, I was just sad because I really like watching Christian McCaffrey play football. And he right. was the one reason that you could tune in on a Sunday and be excited for the offense. And now there's nothing aside from maybe <laughs> D.J. Moore.
1: Um, but D.J. Moore, the thing with D.J. Moore is that he can't be good with the quarterback.
0: No. Anybody can hand the ball off to CMC and he will still yeah, throw pay dividends. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, I. uh. My official, or I guess my, my timeline your, was I I went to sleep on I went to sleep on Thursday night after I had been out for a little bit, and I probably went to sleep around ten o'clock. And I woke up and I saw that Chuba Hubbard and Dante Foreman were cl- were claimed in my uh, money <laughs> league, and I was like, well, what the fuck is this? And oh, yeah, that that was and, what you saw first. <laughs> yeah, and I went and looked, and I was like, oh shit, they traded Christian McCaffrey. So yeah, that was my that was my Friday morning. Was waking up to realizing the Panthers traded away their best player overall on the team.
1: I I, I gotta um tell you my timeline because it's also pretty funny. Um, I was texting with my friend who's a a Ravens fan that we we should have on the show when it's Ravens game time. And uh, what? Do you, uh oh. So we were ta- we were actually talking about football. And it's funny because I had I had said to him previously, uh, he was talking about how bad we are, and I was like, "We're at the point of the season that I like watched C.J. Stroud highlights the other day, <laughs> and <laughs> which is true before this news." And he was like, "Why are they so bad? Can you not run it?" And I'm like, "I mean, we can run it fine. McCaffrey's pretty good. Uh, the thing is that we can't throw at all, and we're like terrible on third down." And that was at I said that at 11:18. And at 11.18, he replied, Did McCaffrey just get traded? I was just like, oh shit. Oh God. <laughs> it was that was so we were talking about the Panthers and McCaffrey at the time. And I just said, like, I was in the process of typing a message up talking about how like our running game is fine because McCaffrey's so good. As like as I'm typing that, like Adam Schefter's smashing the tweet button on the thing that says Christian McCaffrey's been traded to the 49ers. Jesus. So I was like, well, there goes that.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Like, literally the entire week after the Robbie Anderson trade, everybody that I know who's a football fan, especially Eagles fans – again, I'm in Eagles country, so they're looking for everything they can to win a Super Bowl. We're like, well, who are the Panthers going to trade next? And I was like, well, I mean, they could trade Christian McCaffrey, but I feel like it's got to be for the right price because he counts a lot against their cap. And then it happened. He Now, we did get a lot. I know we got are, quite a haul, yes.
1: People are like, I think people are a little disappointed because the pick doesn't show first round pick and then people have expectations, like you said earlier, of the 49ers winning the Super Bowl. But like a second, third, fourth round pick and a, I mean a fifth round pick next year doesn't really matter. But if we just talk about it for the 2023 draft. A second, third, and fourth round pick is a lot. Like imagine, imagine if like we were picking like 12th in the draft and someone traded the second, third, and fourth round picks, and then picked a running back. Like, they would get clowned so bad. And so, like, the fact that we got all of that for a running back, I think,
0: seems like a good deal to me. Even if he is as good as McCaffrey. Well, the Panthers replenished their draft class for 2023. Yeah, I know we've we've all clowned on uh, and tried to justify at times the uh, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, C.J. Henderson trades, but... This trade kind of rectified a lot of that because now they are going to be having a new head coach with probably a top three at least uh, first-round pick, two picks in the second round, a third-round pick that they didn't have if they traded for Matt or they traded up to get Matt Corral in this past draft. So they basically kind of made themselves whole in a way and are no longer wasting Christian McCaffrey's career on a rebuild. So – I think what's going to happen is in a few years, maybe 2 or 3 years, we're going to look back on this trade and one of the two teams is going to get a steal. Yeah. It's it's either going to be the 49ers got an absolute steal and McCaffrey returns to form and he's the top 5 running back easily and they're very competitive or the Panthers got several picks and rebuilt their team pretty quickly and McCaffrey, you know, got hurt or something. I don't think there's going to be any in-between where both teams made out well. I think it's going to be one or the other. And it scares me to say that because I'm pretty sure the Panthers are going to be the ones that are on the bad side of that.
1: Recent history would suggest that. So, on the whole, I guess we'll say that we both are kind of in agreement that um, the trade was fine. Sad, sad day, but also, like...
0: It had to be done.
1: Yeah. I mean, like... The thing is, like, I do feel bad for the rest of the team because it's clearly like, yeah, guys, we're not going to win anything this year. And it's a, it's a, a bad message to send to the locker room. But also, like, that was kind of already done when you fired the coach. Um, But, like, the Panthers are 1-5. Like, it, they it, they have to go 9-2 and two the rest of the season to even have a chance to make the playoffs. And there is, like, a 0.0% chance that happens. There's, like, a negative percentage of chance that that happens.
0: Hey, 2014 happened, buddy. Sam Darnold, he's coming back. It's seven, eight, and one.
1: Yep. That was. It's not a recipe. That's like it was. It's not gonna happen. And so, you never like, know, man, I do. And uh, so it's. It was. It was the right move. I wouldn't be surprised if there's more moves to come. I don't know. So I think he... McCaffrey made the most sense to move given his position, and like, I don't want to like make this like sound like I'm making like a one eighty pivot on oh like going from oh Christian McCaffrey's like not your average running back, you can pay him to reversing that, but like I can understand the idea that like, alright, well if we're going to rebuild this team, let's just get out from under all the running back money, because that's not a good use of resources No,
0: I mean in 2024, they're going to be set cap-wise, so Right My big thing, my big takeaway from this week has been that they didn't trade any defensive players
1: mm-hmm. Well, there's, um, yeah They like the defensive core, I think
0: yeah, and I think that's kind of the that's kind of what they're going for right now. Is they wanted to get enough of a draft class to be attracted to another head coaching candidate, right? They like they have an offensive line, their defensive line is decent. Um, Derek Brown, Brian Burns, great pieces. It's, you a, know. Start, yeah. it's a start, yeah. I is
1: good, but he's not a long term thing. But yeah,
0: secondary looks decent. So it's one of those things where a new head coach is not coming into like a, you know, a fucking... Like a skeleton of a roster, of a roster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that this was kind of the move where it's like, okay, we're going to get enough draft picks where the next head coach can come in and try to build it in his own image while he has some pieces kind of already built for him. Obviously, the defense could use some pieces to... uh enhance their talent like obviously another edge rusher because Yeter Gross Matos I still like him but he hasn't been what I would have thought based on what Matt Rule was saying which granted Matt Rule's word at this point is nothing um but they have the offensive line it's not like it's going to be a Sam Darnold situation or a Baker Mayfield situation where they're going to come in and have a shit offensive line and just throw the guy to the fire so it's a decent setup but my big thing is what's going to happen with the GM because it seems like they're going to hold on to Scott Fitterer. And I know Good. that pisses off a lot of Panthers fans. What do you think of that, John?
1: Good. I don't, I like, not that like I have anything. I don't think the way I phrase this, I don't think it's fair to him to like tie his success and failure to a coach that he didn't have any say in hiring a coach that was here before him and a coach that was here, partly on the idea that he had a heavy say in personnel decisions. Right. So like, that's not fair to Fitterer to be like, I, I feel like, I feel like it's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And I had a, one mini interaction where it was like, like something about his merits is something. like Fitterer was with the Seahawks all the way up until he got hired here. And he was like a key factor in building that Seahawks team that was basically like an NFC dynasty. And so and when we hired him, I'm pretty sure it was like universally like, heck yeah, we got a good one,
0: right? Am I right. misremembering? It that? was. No, you're 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 right. Everybody thought it was a great a great signing.
1: Right. So like I get the Sam Darnold trade was a disaster. But I can't complain about any other move he's made, like, based on the decision making in the moment. Right? Like, I know we like to use hindsight to judge things, and it's a a results-based position, but I feel like that's unfair, because I feel like that neglects the fact that a ton of the successes of a general manager are based on pure luck. Right? So... To be a good GM, you need to you need to play the odds and set yourself up in a position to get lucky as often as possible. And Fitterer does that well. He's taken swings on talented players with low draft capital, like Lovisca chenault trade for, like, nothing. Even the Baker-Mayfield trade, as bad as Baker has been, at the time, it's like, oh, dang, we got Baker-Mayfield for, like, nothing. Good It'll night. probably
0: like, cost him a fifth-round pick, because I don't think he's going to be playing 75% of the snaps, either. Right,
1: right. And, like in hindsight it looks bad but i don't think it's and now i don't think i know this sounds kind of dumb but i don't think it's fair to judge all these moves in hindsight because we don't have the benefit of hindsight like to uh when the trade is made right like it, you can't be like wow what a good deal by fitter to get baker for a fifth and then be like yeah fitter sucks the baker mayfield didn't work at all the baker mayfield trade worked at all it's like yeah it wouldn't have for you either because you thought it was good at the time so
0: we got, I, I, we got Colin Jones for a sixth-round pick, so that wasn't that far off. <laughs> Colin Jones was a, a home run, just so you right. guys know. <laughs> but but
1: I, I like the – but he does the right things, right? Like I said, he uses – he takes swings on high upside players by using low draft picks on players that are cut, like we said with LaVisca Chenault. The CJ Henderson, we got a, a top-ten pick for a third-round pick one year later. Uh, We trade down, which – any GM that trades down in the draft is doing the right thing. So like, I don't know. I don't see any reason. And then this, this trade is a good haul for a running back. Like I don't see any reason.
0: This was I the maximum value that you were going to get. Right. From McCaffrey.
1: I guess I'll respond with my question to you and not that you disagree with me. I don't know whether you do or not, but like aside from the Darnold trade, which again, disastrous, but it's just one move out of many what move by Fitter would you say is bad and was, could, would have been maligned at the time? Like at the time you were like, that's a bad idea.
0: I don't really have any. I mean, I've been a, I've right. been a staunch uh, Scott Fitterer defender. Um, you could call the CJ Henderson trade a bad one, but here's the thing. We had Marty Herney for the longest time, along with Jerry Richardson, where we were sitting there uh, around the trade deadline or even the draft. And they never traded. They never They never ever took swings on players, and the one thing that really annoys me is that people look at these trades and they're like, "Well, they could have been draft picks." It's like, well, like Laviska Shenault, for example, that was basically a draft pick. That was a guy who, that was a guy who showed a little potential with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got him for a very low, a very very low output, and they're going to see what happens. Like that's to me, using draft picks on existing players is not a horrible idea when you're just – it's basically – it's the same thing as a draft pick because you're just projecting. You're just – Especially, like, if you get a player like LaVisca
1: Chenault, would we trade a fifth-round pick for him? Sixth? It was a sixth. Right. What do you think of the odds are of getting a good player with a sixth-round pick? LaVisca Chenault, who was a second-round pick, I think, a couple years ago, or another sixth-round rookie?
0: Everyone – everyone wants their GM to be the guy who finds the fifth and sixth round gems. And I get that, but it's just not that it's not possible all the time. Like, you know, but
1: people, and the other thing is that like when people do the gym thing, they compare the six, the hit rate of one team compared to the gross number of hits around the league. Right? Like I'll take, a fifth round pick and be like this player, this player, this player, this player. like seven players got picked after this pick that we took and we're good. I'm like, yeah. And a hundred players were picked after that pick that were bad. Like, right. You know, we, we were not the only team that missed on these things. It's just, it's just a roll of the dice. So I, I have no, not like no complaints to about fitter to the point where I think his job should even be in jeopardy. I don't even think he's on the hot, well, I don't say I don't know what he is. I don't think he should even be on the hot seat at this point. At the very least, I he I feel like I don't know what he deserves. We owe it just to be competent. Let him be a part of a coach hiring process. Let him be independent of Matt Rule. Like the firing of Matt Rule this early, like early in his third season here makes is pretty clear indication that we've considered the Matt Rule tenure to be a failure at least let's who was brought in after the start of that show that he is above that. And he was not a contributor to that. Right.
0: I understand where fans are coming from in the sense of like, okay, let's just clean house all the way. Let the new GM come in, let them pick their head coach. Let them just kind of like (laughs) restyle everything. But at the same time, I just don't I think
1: that's backwards though. I think we're getting it confused with the Marty Herney situation.
0: Well, that's the thing is like, despite the whole trade with Darnold. And again, Matt rule had the final say on every personnel decision. So it's hard for me to sit here and say, okay, I'm going to blame Scott Fitter 100% for the fact that they couldn't get a franchise quarterback. And they tried, they tried to get Stafford. They tried to get Watson. Uh, Mm -hmm. They tried to get, I forget who they tried to get Wilson, I believe. Um, It's not like they didn't try. They just had, They just got desperate, and that's the luck thing
1: I talked about, right?
0: Yeah, they got desperate, and they went for new quarterbacks, and they tried with two guys who had a high end ceiling, you would on paper, and they failed. Yeah, it happens. Like, I would prefer to have a GM who is going to take those shots because I like the fact that Mart that we are in on every trade. I like that. I like the fact that they because for even though Stefan Gilmore didn't end up signing back and he probably could have, they decided to sign Dante Jackson instead, but they went and got a, They went and got Stefan Gilmore for a sixth round pick in 2021. Yeah. And right. that's the kind of stuff I like. I like teams taking shots like that. Like Herney never did yeah. shit like that.
1: No, no, I think he's, I think he's fine. I, and I think like I said, I feel like people are conflating the situation we had before where they're like, Oh, just bring in a new head coach and GM at the same time. It's like, no, like, you want it, it it makes perfect sense to let a guy above like higher in the hierarchy to hire a subordinate that like is normal especially when the subordinate that just got fired was an incumbent when the GM got hired the the thing that's weird that we're like conflating the situations with is when you have Marty Herney, or when you have like Ron Rivera already here as a coach And you hire, or like, Rat Rule already here as a coach, and you hire a general manager like, hey, this is the guy that you have to, like, has to coach the team you put together, right? Like, because the general manager is higher up in the food chain, right? The general manager puts the team together. And ideally, they're the one that says, this is the coach that aligns with my vision of a team that I want to put together. If you're, like, saying, you got to make it work with this guy, that's the problem. And that's like what we saw with Rule. It's not a problem to say, hire your guy and let's see if it works.
0: My whole thing with Fitterer as well is that the biggest objective of this offseason was to rebuild the offensive line.
1: Oh, we did that very well. And he
0: succeeded. Yeah. This is a top 15 to 10 graded offensive line. Even I know there are a lot of people out there who don't like Pat offline, line. And, you know, you can replace that and one. But yeah, they got four pieces yeah. that are really good.
1: Nobody likes their entire offensive line. It's just yeah, football fans in general.
0: A GM is meant to build a roster, and I believe that even though this team has been so shit this year, that Fitterer has actually built a decent team. This is not this is not a situation where the entire roster is being blown up. Like I right. don't expect them to trade Brian Burns, Jeremy Chinn, and JC Horn. I say, I use the word and as an, there's a good chance that one of them might be traded, but I don't expect them to just destroy the entire foundation that was built right. here. Like, I think the offense, the offensive players being traded is a good, is a good indicator that they like the pieces they have on defense. It was just Robbie Anderson. Obviously he got himself thrown out of a game. He was going to be gone regardless. Like I said it when, when, when it happened, I, Literally <laughs> tweeted, Robbie Anderson's going to get traded as soon as as soon as soon he was thrown out of the game. And sure enough, he right. did. Yeah. And McCaffrey is just too too much of a high-end piece to go into a rebuilding situation. He just makes too much money. Like, DJ Moore, they just signed to an extension. He's going to be a good receiver. He's going to be around for a bit. Brian Burns, that's that's a tough one to me because he, he needs to get his next contract pretty soon. Mm-hmm. They could give it to him. And they need edge rushers; those are premium positions. JC Horn, they just drafted. Jeremy Chin, they drafted a couple of year a uh, year before that. So I I think what's going to end up happening is that they're going to try to find a head coach who's going to be really offensive focused and hire a defensive coordinator who will handle all that shit. And maybe it's Steve Wilkes. I kind of hope they retain Steve Wilkes in that sense, like. Get a new head coach, get a new offense coordinator, keep Steve Wilkes as defensive coordinator because he's got familiarity with the, with the talent that they have already built and already worked with like Frankie Luvu and just go from there. It's a I rebuild, just... but not a, but not a like tear everything down from the bedrock and start again type thing.
1: Yeah. I know it sucks for Steve Wilkes, but I hope that whoever we do bring in as the next head coach that we like, give them the – we, like, highly recommend that they interview Steve Wilkes because he's a good candidate, but I hope we don't have that as, like, a contingency, like, hey, head coach candidate that we want, we would love to have you here. The only stipulation is you have to have this guy as your defensive coordinator.
0: Oh, no, I agree with that. I just think yeah. Steve Wilkes des- deserves a fair shake because – Oh, he does because he, he keeps
1: getting screwed over, but – Yeah. Yeah. It's the, that's the beast. Nature of the beast.
0: Yeah. It's the nature of the NFL. So –
1: Real but quick. Yeah. Oh, I, did you, if you didn't have anything about the Christian McCaffrey news, uh, no, I wanted ahead. to talk real fast about the game that just happened and the game that's coming up, like, real fast. Go ahead. Uh, I have a stat for you. Okay. And this will also only get worse, presumably. A um, little fun fact for you. In the last four games, the Panthers' defense has scored three touchdowns. That's pretty cool. That is good. Do you have any touchdowns the offense has scored? uh one three wow the defense has scored the same amount of points a touchdowns as the offense in the last uh four games what's even cooler if you consider the fact that the offense has also allowed a touchdown because Baker threw that pick six against the 49ers so can't go all the way on that net because the defense has given up a lot of touchdowns but that's kind of what happens but yeah uh generally i think no matter how good your defense is you would like the offense to be able to score more touchdowns than the defense.
0: Yeah. I generally think that unless you're like the mid 2000s Chicago bears. Yeah.
1: But even then the mid 2000s Chicago's bears were scoring like a defensive touchdown, every other game that uh, they should probably not be able to keep up the offense that has the ball. Every single, like ha- actually has the ball with the chance to score uh, every single time, like, like dozens of times a game or a dozen times a game as opposed to the defense that requires a turnover in an advantageous situation. So that's uh, the one stat I wanted to talk about. And then the other thing from, the only thing I wanted to talk about from the Rams game at this point was, did you you seen the pass chart for PJ
0: Walker, right? Uh, he didn't throw the ball past like five yards at any point, did he?
1: He had a couple attempts, but I think the longest completion was like one air yard.
0: Yeah, that was kind of bullshit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what I thought was funny was that, uh, in the third quarter, he threw his first pass past the line of scrimmage in the third quarter and it landed like five yards out of bounds.
0: I really liked their strategy going into that game to like, start to like, start the game off with like, we're going to be really yeah like conservative, like, but right in theory, Cinnamon as rhythm. an offensive coordinator, you would then, you know, branch out and start throwing the ball down the field as the, <laughs> right. as the defense starts to cheat up and they just never did that. No,
1: they did not. It was yeah. his. If anybody pulls up his like next gen stats and hasn't seen it yet, pull up his next gen stats and look at his past attempts. It's it's very very funny. Like uh, I told you the story. I was talking to my friend. One of the things we talked about. I sent him a screenshot of PJ Walker's past start. And he's like, that can't be real.
0: No, it I'm was like, real.
1: No. It was real. I watched it, it happen. Happened. It was bad. Yeah. Really, really bad. But um, I. I... Can't wait for the offense to see how the offense looks now because Christian McCaffrey I think gained like sixty percent of our total yards last Sunday. I
0: think thought it was had... more than that, but yeah, maybe
1: more. We had like two hundred and three yards of offense, and Christian McCaffrey had like one hundred and sixty of them or something like that. So yeah, that's 80%. that's like eighty
0: percent. Yeah, yeah it's
1: like eighty percent of the offense. So uh things are going well, and it's not like we have anybody tough on the schedule though this week.
0: Yeah, Chuba Hubbard's going to do great.
1: Yeah, that. Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, one-two punch against that Buccaneers defense. This is Who's, the most
0: pathetic-looking offense I've seen since uh, 2010.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Clausen,
0: P.J. Walker, Chuba Hubbard, fucking Dante Foreman, uh, D.J. Moore, who is good. I'm not going to shit on him. but I mean, in, it's, like... it's very
1: similar to that offense, though, right? Because it was like Steve Smith was on that team. And he looked really bad, but then, you know, we moved on from, but then Cam Newton came in and it's like, Oh yeah, he's actually still good. It's just those quarterbacks were terrible. So it's right. a very similar, like completely like embarrassingly inept quarterback play. No, like, like I think in 2010, I think we had like washed Jonathan Stewart, like, Stewart was hurt. We had like Mike
0: Goodson and Mike people. Goodson was the, was the foundation of the offense in 2010.
1: Right. And, and then it was basically, it was like, uh, Steve Smith and young wide receivers that we were like hyping ourselves up that they were actually good, but they
0: weren't. David Dennis and Gettison, uh, Brandon LaFell.
1: Right. It's basically the same offenses we have this year.
0: Except our and offensive we, line is good.
1: Yes. That but,
0: offensive line was not good.
1: No. Aside from Jalen Gross. But we're, it's, I mean, it's not going to matter. So, yeah. I think the moral of the story is uh, it's time to start watching college quarterback highlights and watching spend your weekends free up your Sundays and instead watch uh instead of watching Panthers football, watch like Ohio State football games and Alabama football games and maybe even Kentucky football games start. And just be like this is gonna be this is the Panthers because that's gonna be our quarterback.
0: Yep. Enjoy yourselves in the way that I won't be able to because I am the social media coordinator so I will have to watch every single (laughs) Panthers game for the remainder of the season.
1: I did want to, yeah, I did want to say that too. Uh, The nerve of the Panthers, because now that with the Christian McCaffrey news, it really diminishes the need to talk about the Rams game because no one cares about the Rams game anymore. Uh, They did that after I spent, like, my free time during the week, like, during my lunch breaks from my day job, watching the Panthers play that game against the Rams, just so I could talk about it. Knowing what happened. Like there is, if if it was just watching it for my enjoyment, there was a zero percent chance I was going to watch that game back after I missed it live. But I had to watch it so I could talk about it on the show, and then I don't even need to talk about it on the show anymore because they went and stole the headlines with the McCaffrey trade. Yep. So thanks, Panthers.
0: Thanks, Panthers. Thanks for fucking sober. <laughs> right,
1: making me can't. I'll never get those. Two hours of my life, two and a half hours of my life back.
0: Yep, it's a tragedy. It is. Um, do we have anything else we want to discuss on the uh, Panthers tr- on the Panthers trade, or we just want to go right into score predictions for the Buccaneers? I don't do even that's... really want to preview the game because I'm just going to be ugly. Nah,
1: that was that was that was my preview. It was just saying it's going to go bad. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's just do score predictions. Keep it keep it tight because it's it's a weekend episode. Nobody wants to, people are busy.
0: Yeah. So. Obviously, um, just to go back to the random number generator. Yeah, I gotta pull So, John, it. you won with the Heck Rams. Yeah. So that means that let's see, RNG one. You lost, loser. Yep. Uh let's see. So I'm trying I'm trying to figure out what the what the I should have probably just like put the the scoring or the win losses up on my (laughs) thing, but I did not do that. So I already um, ran
1: the random number generator for the Panthers. It's really funny.
0: Oh god. Um let's see. So I think we're pretty much even at this point. Um You predicted the Rams. Uh the RNG and myself predicted the Panthers RNG predicted the Panthers last the week before that. And then we both predicted the 49ers, obviously the 49ers fucked them up. Um, yeah, I think we're pretty much even at this point.
1: Yeah, we'll do, we'll do a more in depth. We'll calculate the standings for, yeah. for next week, but, uh, I need to, I'll, I'll do the random number generally last, cause it's going to be the best one.
0: All right. So uh, what are your predictions for this week?
1: I'm going to go with Panthers, seven. <laughs> Buccaneers,
0: 24. All right. I'm going to go with 35 to three bucks.
1: <laughs> Jesus. I guess the defense can be not bad and still go 35 points because they're just going to be on the field the entire game and eventually right. they're going to break.
0: What does the RNG say?
1: Alright, I'm gonna do it the other way. It says Buccaneers 19, Panthers one.
0: Uh you should run that again, because I don't <laughs> no. think that's possible.
1: It is possible, so we're gonna leave
0: it. How can they get one point? That's not possible. If you possible. get a safety
1: on a two, point attempt, a 2 point conversion attempt, it's one point.
0: Fine. Well so the Bucks <laughs> so the Bucks are gonna win nineteen to one.
1: The Bucks are gonna get night score win nineteen to one on their second touchdown. They're going to snap it over Tom Brady's head. And then in like a yakety yak moment, it's going to get kicked all the way back in the end zone for a safety on the other end of the field. And that'll be the Panthers one
0: point. Jesus Christ. It can happen. God help me. If that happens, I will just be, <laughs> I
1: might never talk about sports again.
0: Yeah. It might, might be my, quit. it might I be might my shining my, moment. <laughs> I might just send in my resignation letter. Just Be like, I'm done.
1: I well, I might make a career out of this actually, like a like a fortune teller career. If I was just like, yeah, that, that was the guy that called the shot of the one point conversion <laughs> for the defense. Fuck, the only time it's ever happened.
0: Oh my god! Or it's gonna
1: be like it's gonna be like a bat, like a botched snap on an extra point. They try to like scramble and throw it, and it's gonna be a pick six, but someone strips the Panthers out of the other end of the field, like from a scoop and score. And then the Buccaneers pick it up and then they run backwards, trying to run it back again and they get tackled in the end zone for a safety. It's very hard to do, but it's possible.
0: It, it is possible. It's, it's in the realm <laughs> the of NFL, possibility. the
1: NFL rules have a way to score one point in a, in a game.
0: Tell me now. <laughs> if that actually happens, I'll just be, I'm just going to be like, I'm I'm done. I resign.
1: It's fine. <laughs> At least, hey, if you're going to be bad, be known for something. And we will definitely be known as the team that scored one point in the game forever. Yep. And it'll be very funny.
0: Remember that time the Pan- that the Panthers scored one point?
1: Yeah. If you watch Red I Zone, did. Scott Hansen would be losing his mind.
0: Yeah, he would love that. <laughs> it's like our scoreboard doesn't
1: even have the ability to show one on the score.
0: So you we're showing you 11 twice. because that's, right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Man, there's only have one, but we can't show it.
0: Fuck. <laughs> well, is there anything else we want to touch on, John?
1: No, no, everybody just go I don't know, find something else to do.
0: Be happy. Find something <laughs> to be happy about. This is going to be a miserable Panthers season. But it's on the way to hopefully the first round, the first overall pick next year, which I'm quietly waiting for Sam Darnold to step in and win them like three or four games just because (laughs) because that's what Sam Darnold would do on his way out. That's why
1: I said watch the Kentucky games, because we're going to end up in a position to be like, I guess Will Levis is okay.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) But anyway, from all of us here on on the Keep Sounding podcast, this is Brian joined by John, as always. Stay tuned, stay safe, stay healthy. Go see a therapist if you're depressed about the Panthers, and we will talk to you soon.